Greetings and welcome to Brace. On today's episode of Brace, we're going to be talking about Miracle Morning Millionaires, What the Wealthy Do Before 8 a.m. That Will Make You Rich by Hal Elrod and David Osborne. So, Paul, there's a little bit of a story into why you picked up this book. I'd like to know why it is that you got Miracle Morning Millionaires. Yeah, thanks for the question, Tommy. This really goes back four or five years now for me. Uh, a friend of mine named Daniel gave me, or recommended rather, that I read the book Wealth Can't Wait by David Osborne, who, if I can read out of this back cover real quick, is a New York Times bestselling author of that book. And one of the top real estate brokers in the world with more than 5,000 agents and annual sales volume exceeding $11 billion a year. He f has founded over 50 companies in including 25 that are going on to be profitable concerns, including Magnify Capital, a private equity firm in Austin. Uh, and he has multiple other endeavors going on. So this is someone that my, my buddy really recommended because he was also involved in real estate and looked up to this guy a lot. And I read his book and it was pretty darn good. And then in 2018, I read a book and I don't remember how I came across it, but it was called Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. It was the first book he ever wrote uh, encompassing his story about getting in a head-on collision with a drunk driver at 20 years old, waking up in a coma and being told that he would never walk again, and then developing this process of, of leveraging his mornings to accomplish his goals and dreams. He wrote the book that was basically the formula of how he did that. And when I got that book, I sat down and read it in one sitting. It was only, I don't know, 180 pages. And I read it over the course of three hours. Very, very consumable, easy book. Uh, one of those where it gives you call to actions throughout about try this, try this, try this. And I didn't, I just read. And then I went back and looked at what those takeaways were and I tried them in my life. And I found that it's hard to implement. It is difficult, but those prescriptions that he writes do really help you leverage your morning into having a good life. So when Miracle, when I saw Miracle Morning Millionaires was the combination of Hal Elrod and David Osborne, I said, well, I do want to be a millionaire. I plan to be a millionaire. And I know that the Miracle Morning has power to it. So why don't I check out this book? And I read it and I was right. I think you'll agree that it's a, it's a powerful book. Uh, but when you were reading one of your books recently, The Bitcoin Standard, we talked a little bit about wealth. And I said, well, Tommy, I think you would really enjoy this book, too. So why don't you check it out? Uh, and since you have, you've been a big fan, right? A uh, very big fan. I remember you talking about Miracle Morning, just the original by Hal Elrod, in a conversation. It might have just been us throwing up the microphones and about to have some sort of conversation back in the old days before we even had a pod. I know that kind of subconsciously that was in my mind as something waking up early, right? You listen to David Goggins, Jocko Willink. It's all about waking up early and making sure that you start your day off right. I think it's Atomic Habits that talks about that decision matrix tree, where if you make a decision that's, you know, positive, the next two decisions you could make are, you know, going to lead you to a best day or, you know, again, if you start taking the worst decisions to a, a worse day. So and it by also talks about the habit stacker, right? Exactly. Right. And so. To me, this is just a way that you can, not a way, but a very good way in order to establish 
specific habits. It kind of gives you the habits. It's a right? suggestion for implementation of what you learn in Atomic Habits, right? Exactly, right? Atomic Habits doesn't necessarily say do these habits. It tells you how to develop those habits. Whereas this book says do these habits, you'll become a millionaire. Do you mind and, if I run through what those savers are for our friends at home? Yes, that is totally fine. Okay, so the way to remember these six habits that you, obviously you want to create the morning that is going to work for you to give you the future that you want and the day that you want, but Hal very firmly thinks that all six of these things should be involved in some way or another, even if it's a much shorter time frame for one and a, and a longer period for another. He suggests that the acronym SAVERS is how you can remember it. So the S is for silence. You have some moment or time of prayer or meditation. The A is for affirmation. So you affirm who you are day. You have written affirmations that you um, say. The V is for visualization. That is when you are imagining in your mind you are seeing yourself live out the parts of life that are uh, important for you to do correctly. So if you are a professional golfer, you would be seeing those swings that are getting you where you need to go. Uh, and if you are a salesperson, you are making that cold call that you need to make in order to, to land that deal. The E is for exercise. It's getting your body moving in some way in the morning, whether that's yoga, uh, whether that's a, a jog or a walk, or whether that's an actual weightlifting type of event. The R is for reading and the S is for scribing. And he says, well, I only use the word scribing because the W for writing doesn't really fit in the acronym. So... <laughs> And he suggests that you order these in a way that makes it very organic for your morning to happen automatically to hit all six of those. So you have it stacked from one to the next. When one is done, you begin the next. And that is your lever for having an awesome day every single day and accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And then in the book, they talk about how that becomes uh, how you can use that to then implement strategies to become a millionaire, to, to live a financially free life. Um, so, but really, Tommy, I, I'm curious if you had to isolate it down to your two or three biggest takeaways from this book, can you tell me what those are? I think the biggest takeaway is the habit stacking order of events. So what I was doing prior to even picking up this book was getting up, showering, I would read nonfiction and then fiction, and then I get ready for work. I didn't have the silence in meditation or prayer. I didn't have the affirmations. I didn't have the visualization. I didn't do the scribing. I didn't have the exercise, right? All I was doing was reading. I had those other things, the meditation, the affirmations, the visualization, exercise and scribing later in the day. But even just picking this up, it helped me reorder the habits. So now my miracle morning looks like I wake up, I brush teeth and floss, I shower, I put on cozy, comfortable clothes, right? This is my miracle morning. I do 40 push-ups. I do 40 crunches. I lay back down on my yoga mat where I just did those crunches and push-ups. I meditate for five minutes. And then I read my daily devotional. I journal for five minutes, right? So where I guess I was having uncomfortability was I like to do some of these habits for longer than I have in the morning, just due to my work schedule. 
but understanding to even just get a small amount, even two minutes of these, right? 12 minutes, you can do all six of these. A whole chapter is, well, a whole section is dedicated to the six-minute miracle morning, and that's just showing you that you can take all six of these habits and break them down into a one-minute action. And then even if you're running late, even whatever it is, you can get up, have your miracle morning, and go on your day knowing that you accomplished the first six things that you wanted to in the morning. Yeah, it's huge momentum. It's huge momentum. It's confidence in yourself that you can achieve what you set out to do and you can do it in six minutes, right? So that's where I was putting some of these later in the day after I would get home from work. But the problem with that was, oh, I'm tired from work. Oh, I'll skip this one or I'll skip that one. Maybe I don't do the exercise today, right? I've already exercised. Yeah, it's 40 pushups, 40 crunches, but it's still better off than not doing anything. You can go to bed knowing that you moved your body today. Correct. So I asked what your two or three biggest takeaways were. The first one was habit stacking. What would the second one be? If I had to choose the second one, and I guess you're making me choose the second one. Let me go to the different pages. How many, if you had to give an estimate, how many highlights did you have in this book? Oh, hundreds, if not thousands. I have... Almost every single page has 10 and, to 15 different highlights. And and that's in a 200-page book. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So if I'm being completely honest, I think the one that stands out to me, and let me find it, is the foundational schedule. Right? So this is within the chapter of self-leadership, right? Taking control of your own life. Principle three is systematize your world. Right. So that means setting up systems in order for you to follow. A habit is a system, right? It's something that you just do daily. So Osborne, David Osborne, put Hal's foundational schedule in here. And I'll read off, you know, even just Monday. But I'll explain, I guess, what a foundational schedule is. And it's when you're at home, when you're doing your normal schedule, this is what you follow. Whereas, of course, you have to have the forgiveness that not every day is going to be like this, especially if you're traveling or if you're on vacation. You can reorder things. But when you're at home and working, this is what your schedule is, right? So on Monday, 4 a.m., savers. 5 a.m., write. 6 a.m., emails. 7 a.m., take kids to school. 8 a.m., staff meeting. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., number one priority. 11 a.m., lunch. Noon basketball 1 p.m priorities 2 p.m priorities 3 p.m priorities 4 p.m priorities 5 p.m family until 10 p.m bed so that is the schedule that he goes by and he's put everything that's important in there and that's where it reminds me of andy frisella and his critical task list for the priorities right number one priority and then he's got four hours for other priorities it's getting things done that are not habits per se but things to advance yourself. So each one of those little priority boxes, you could be working on whatever you want to be working on that will move your business forward, but he has specifically documented, this is the time that I'm working on priorities. This is the time I'm spending time with my family or taking my kids to school or playing basketball. And just this idea of a foundational schedule seems 
so cool to me. Of course, you know, working in a corporate job, I don't really necessarily have control over how my day at work looks, especially in a manufacturing plant where, in a sense, there there's firefighting going on. Oh, this happened. We need to change the priority. But to have something like a foundational schedule that this is what I do every day, maybe it's just me and I like that kind of order, but it, it also allows for forgiveness, right? You're allowed to change some of these things up, but to know that if I follow this, I'm still moving towards my goals. I'm hitting my family. I'm hitting the savers. I'm, a I couple think- of things stick out to me on Hal's schedule that you went through. First of all, that, of course, the savers happen every day, but also right after the savers, he writes for an hour every day. And as people who have done writing in the past, the act of writing is hard to get into and easy to be frustrated with. So the fact that that's an everyday practice, even on Saturday and Sunday when he plans to do nothing else of his priorities but family time, after his savers, he still takes an hour to write. When you think about that, that's some serious dedication. The other thing that you said is that was interesting to me is the foundational schedule after work, always having the family time, I think is so big and awesome. uh, And I think is a important lever to having a successful and happy life. If you aren't really as as a professional focused on ensuring that you're spending a big portion of your life with your people, with your family, uh, if you're living by uh, by yourself than with your friends, uh, it's just so important that you do that. A hundred percent. It is. It is clearly the most kind of important thing to do to make sure that you're with family, you're with friends. It's just very important, right? And, and I guess what I what I wanted to ask you, Paul, and unless you have something else on that point, but what are the takeaways that you really saw in this book that you think you can implement in order to become a millionaire? It's a great question. There were a couple. First of all, I do think that I agree with you that the foundational schedule is big. And I've I've noticed, especially with you and I, leveraging the Saturday morning to ensure that we are getting these podcasts done in the way that we want to, getting one out to you guys every week. That has been really easy because it systematizes that. So I don't have to worry about which night is it going to work for both Tommy and I to sit down and record. We know that we're going to dedicate Saturday morning and we're going to be able to get that done. And then one of the big levers from this book that I can use to become a millionaire is that, first of all, getting the amount of sleep that I need has always been something that is inconsistent in my life. Waking up at the same time every morning is inconsistent. And I think that that is something that if if I am able to implement, which I will not pretend like I've done yet, that will be an important lever for me to, to be able to reach that status. And then also just the visualization. I'd say of the savers, that's been the hardest for me to do consistently. The affirmations come and go on whether or not I'm doing them well. But the visualization is often hard for me to get to the point where I'm visualizing like One of the people that we really admire, Andy Frasilla, has talked about his visualizing when he was basically broke and starting his company. And now with all of the cars that he has, he explained that it's not because I'm just such a materialist person that I want these things. It's because I visualized this as the reward to the hard work that I was willing to put in. And I worked my butt off 
And so now I am fulfilling that visualization that I had in such specific detail back then. So working to get to the level of detail, I think is, is really big uh, as something that I can work on. And I think that that's something that you really do well. So I want to give you that compliment. But well, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. What about you? What were the two or three things maybe that that stick out to you as levers that you can use to become a millionaire? I think the savers in and of themselves, knowing that every day is a miracle just by my morning. My schedule, I wake up at 4 a.m. because I have to leave for work at 6 a.m. So I have a two hour block every day that I control. Right. And sometimes that means that I have to go to bed earlier in order to make sure that I'm ready and capable and aware to go and do those habits. What time do you go to bed at night? You know, sleep and wake to win. Sleep more to achieve more is what is written in here. And I wish I had set a bedtime, but oftentimes that's something I have not done as well. Are you often up past 10 p.m.? No, almost never. Okay, because that's really six hours is the minimum. And if you look at Hal's schedule that he sets up he goes to bed at 10 and wakes up at four so that's why i asked that question do you find yourself go to bed before nine very often yes really okay yeah i'm i've been especially on weeknights that's where again i have the control i know tomorrow i have to wake up for work whereas on like a weekend i can start off my miracle morning at 6 a.m right i don't necessarily have to start it at 4 a.m So I'm willing to kind of stay up a little bit later in order to, because I have that freedom on the weekends. Do you look at your phone at all during your miracle morning? I do to track my habits. So once, once I do each of those habits, usually I leave that app open on my, or on my Island in my apartment and I'll just come over and I'll click. Okay. I I got the, Anything that's habit stacked, right? So when I do push-ups, crunches, or meditation, then prayer, I'll go and come after that and click all four of those guys are complete. Do you look at any apps other than that habit tracking app? No. Okay. So when you wake up in the morning, there's no messages, there's no social media, there's no anything like that. You're going straight, brushing your teeth, and you're not looking at any apps before you've done your reading and your prayers. Correct. Okay. Wow. So I think that's one of the things that is hard for our generation is if you've been in the habit of waking up and the first thing you do is look at your phone for any amount of time, getting out of that habit by putting your phone in a different place or setting up things to do before you get to your phone. It's a hard thing to change. I would imagine. I disagree. Really? I I don't think it's a hard thing to change. I think you just have to want to do it. And you're not going to be perfect at it, but I I think that starting off and, you know, there was a book I read that we didn't review, but Badass Habits. And one of the ideas in that book was write out 20 things that you could do to help you build this habit. Right. So once you open your mind up and you're given that prompt, oh, what are 20 things I could do to not look at my phone in the morning? You'll come up with maybe... I came up with six for the one, I think, meditation habit I was building. But I was able to implement all six immediately. And I was like, why wouldn't I just do this if I want to be a person who meditates daily? Mm. So, again, it's 
you know, part of it is buying in to what they're selling. And then part of it is also, how do I make it work for me? Yeah. Right. Your miracle morning is for you. As and Taylor so, custom. And, and, yep. and, right. And so there is no, you have to do S and then you have to do A and then you have to do V. Then you have to do, do it how you want to that sets it up perfectly. Yep. I think that if I had more time in the morning, I would wake up, brush my teeth and floss and then go for a walk. I would go on a 45 minute walk, come back and do the rest of my savers, right? That's how I would order it if I had the time. But right now, pushups and, and crunches are, are where I'm at with the time that I'm given. You so said you have two hours between when you wake up and when you need to leave for work. Do you think that as the weather changes or anything like that, you would be able to adjust the times of what you're doing other things for so that you can fit in that 45 minute walk that you would prefer? I don't think so. And I say that because I did 75 hard round two is what I call it. And every morning it was wake up at four, get to the gym. And because I had a strict 45 minute, I'd be there till 505 or five, you know, 515. Then it's shower. I don't think I would have enough time. I'm sure there's a way I could do it to put a 15 minute walk in, but I like what I'm doing right now. So I don't see a need to change it. It's if yep. the way that you phrased that, though, is if I could if I had the time, if I could do what I did, I would like, then I would do a 45 minute walk. So that's why I ask. But I totally understand if you're happy with what you're doing right now, then you're not planning on changing anything. Yeah. And I think that this is still a very loose guide, even though it gives you more specific ideas of what to do than Atomic Habits did. You're able to take these suggestions and really mold them to fit your life. So when you talk about the action of visualization, nobody's going to be doing that the same because all of us have different goals. We have different things we're aiming at and you need to apply that correctly to how you're living your life. And the same thing is with affirmations and the same thing is even with when you think about exercise, right? What are your goals right now? Tommy just the day before we're recording this ran a half marathon. So his physical aims and goals are going to be different than somebody whose main focus right now is just on losing weight or just on getting healthier in a certain aspect or, or whatever it might be. So visualization that... is uh, very important because on Monday I started visualizing myself running that half marathon. It may sound vain or it may sound naive or whatever you may call it, but I saw myself finishing it and telling people I finished it in under what I said I could finish it for. And I made that into what I did yesterday. I beat it by six seconds. Check out my Instagram for a nice little short, short story. Yeah. And that belief in visualization and the self-talk is something that we've talked a good bit about. Well, there's an old Japanese proverb, something uh, along the lines of everyone has a warrior within them that listens to everything that they say and that what you say about yourself that warrior believes so tommy all week you were saying that i am going to and i can and i will run this half marathon in this time and as you approached the end there there were moments that were very difficult but you had built up that belief and you had given yourself the opportunity to push through and finish it and then you decided to do it yeah and that's where just that that one part of the savers is super important. If you can't see yourself doing it, you won't be able to do it. 
you have to see yourself making the winning shot or kicking the final goal or finishing that book. You have to see it and believe it before you can achieve it. Yes, it sounds very cliche, but why are cliches sticking around for centuries and centuries and eternities and millennia? It's because there's wisdom being passed down from the shoulders of the giants we stand on. So when you say something's cliche or, yeah, everybody says that, if you internalize it and believe it, you can use those little cliches to really positively affect your life. I agree completely. Well, I think this was a, a great review of Miracle Morning Millionaires out of 10, Tommy. Ooh. What would you give this book? Do you uh, do you have any of my numbers for because I kind of want to compare. Of course it. I do. You think I'm Why? ever unprepared? Never. What book would you like to compare it to? We have too many now for me to just read them all. Yeah, that's fine. That's awesome. uh, where's Atomic Habits at? Atomic Habits, you had an as an 8.5, which is actually your like fourth lowest, third lowest. No, fourth lowest. I'm going to go shoot. What are what are one and two? Number one is How to Stop Worrying at 9.5. And number two is Extreme Ownership at 9.4. Yeah, I'll go uh, 9.2 on this guy. Again, and, and maybe it's the order of reading, right? Because Atomic Habits was great for building habits, but this is telling you what habits you ought to have. And that's why I rank it above, just because I find the applicability of Atomic Habits to be very sincere, but knowing that, again, I'd also like to be a millionaire at some point, knowing what it takes and what other millionaires have done at 4 a.m. in order to make you rich, it's cool to see that and then see how my mindset changes as I start implementing some of these. It's funny. It's so hard for me with the way that I've set up my books to have anything be in the nines <laughs> like man search for meaning i put it at 9.1 and how to stop worrying at a 9.55 and those are the only two in the nines for me i'm gonna give miracle morning millionaires an 8.3 slightly ahead of seven habits of highly effective people but behind atomic habits and behind mere christianity and all of that is to say we've read a lot of awesome books so that's gonna happen but again this is something that especially if you wake up tired, wake up and, and look at your phone and waste your time in the morning and don't feel like you're getting what you want done in terms of your goals and habits. It's a really good book to read and see how successful people have been able to implement their changes to their mornings in order to live a more meaningful life. So we wanted to provide that information to you. And if you're interested, check it out. And we appreciate you tuning in for this episode of Brace. Thank you so, so much. Bye-bye. We ask you to follow us on Instagram at brace.22. Paul's Twitter is at Paul from Brace. And be sure to email us at brace22 at protonmail.com. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening and send to a friend if you found value in this discussion. Thanks. We appreciate it.